Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and the Lord be with you all. Good morning everybody and welcome to our celebration of Mass here from the church in the Assumption in Abbey Field. We welcome the people who are here in our congregation, those who are joining us over the church services TV system and all who are joining us on West Limerick 102 FM. We've often heard of the saying that God's ways are not our ways. God's love and generosity are beyond our understanding. So we acknowledge all God has done for us, and we ask now for the grace to grow into his likeness, to prepare ourselves to celebrate the generosity of God. Let us remember our need of divine help as we call to mind our sins and ask for forgiveness. You raise the dead to life in the spirit. Lord, have mercy. You bring pardon and peace to the sinner. Christ, have mercy. You bring light to all who are in darkness. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sin, and bring each of us to everlasting life. Amen. We praise God as we pray. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you. We bless you. We adore you. We glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. And so let us pray. O God, who founded all the commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbor, grant that by keeping your precepts we may merit to attain eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. So now we move to the readings from the Word of God, and both the first reading and the Gospel remind us that God's generosity exceeds our expectations. Isaiah says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, are God's ways different from ours. And in the second reading, Paul tells us that Christ means everything to us. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he is still to be found. Call to him while he is still near. 
Let the wicked man abandon his way, the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn back to the Lord, who will take pity on him, to our God, who is rich in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways not your ways. It is the Lord who speaks. Yes, the heavens are as high above earth as my ways are above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. The word of the Lord. Thanks be God. Responsorial Sam. The Lord is close to all who call him. The Lord, the Lord is, is close, close to all, to all who, who call him. I will bless you day after day and praise your name forever. The Lord is great, highly to be praised. His greatness cannot be measured. The Lord is close to all who call him. The Lord is kind and full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding in love. How good is the Lord to all, compassionate to all his creatures. The Lord is close to all who call him. The Lord is just in all his ways and loving in all his deeds. He is close to all who call him, who call on him from their hearts. The Lord is close to all who call him. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Christ will be glorified in my body, whether by my life or by my death. Life to me, of course, is Christ. But then death would bring me something more. But then again, if living in this body means doing work which is having good results, I do not know what I should choose. I am caught in this dilemma. I want to be gone and be with Christ, which would be very much the better. But for me to stay alive in this body is a more urgent need for your sake. Avoid anything in your everyday lives that would be unworthy of the gospel of Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Alleluia. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner going out at daybreak to hire workers for his vineyard. He made an agreement with the workers for one denarius a day and sent them to his vineyard. Going out at about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and he said to them, You go to my vineyard too and I will give you a fair wage. So they went. At about the sixth hour, and again at about the ninth hour, he went out and he did the same. 
Then, at about the eleventh hour, he went out and found more men standing round. And he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You go into my vineyard too. In the evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his bailiff, Call the workers and pay them their wages, starting with the last arrivals and ending with the first. So those who were hired at about the eleventh hour came forward and received one denarius each. When the first came, they expected to get more, but they too received one denarius each. They took it, but grumbled at the landowner. The men who came last, they said, have done only one hour, and you have treated them the same as us, though we have done a heavy day's work in all the heat. He answered one of them and said, My friend, I am not being unjust to you. Did we not agree on one denarius? Take your earnings and go. I chose to pay the last comer as much as I pay you. Have I no right to do what I like with my own? Why be envious? Because I am generous. Thus the last will be first and the first last. The good news, the gospel of the Lord. So there are many examples in the Gospels when we learn that Jesus does not see things as we do. And time and time again in his parables, he turns our expectations upside down. And in doing so, he helps us to see things in a different light. Now today in the Gospel, he tells the story of the landowner who pays the same wages to all his workers. Those who were hired at the crack of dawn and those who only joined in late in the day. And naturally, those who were hired early on are put out by this. They feel it is unjust, even though they received the wages that they were promised. The man who hired these late comers was indeed a very generous man. It is important to appreciate that the workers who were employed first early on in the morning are not treated unjustly, though it may seem so. Their agreement with the householder that was agreed at the outset was honoured. Their complaint was that the latecomers earned the same pay. In a way, those who complained were envious. At the heart of this story, at this parable, is the overwhelming generosity of God. It is really a lesson about God's compassion. We learn that God's generosity is immense. It's not easy to understand the mind of God. He sees goodness where very often we see none. But God's thoughts of justice are beyond ours. But his mercy cannot be measured. God is immeasurably generous. And that's what we learn from the parable today. There is another lesson for us in the parable. And it is this. That for us not to become like those who were hired early in the morning. There is a real danger in life that those of us who seem to have everything going for us get a little bit self-righteous at times. We can easily develop an attitude where we begin to look down on each other. We have little understanding of others' plight. We grumble about their benefits. There is no better interpretation of the parable than the concluding question of the householder, do you begrudge my generosity? So Jesus' story is not about rates of pay. It is about the fact that God calls us, all of us, 
and it is by god's grace and blessing that we find a sense of purpose and meaning in our lives it is as disciples of jesus that we're invited to live through each day and when the end of the day comes the right attitude is not have i been properly compensated for my efforts to live as a christian today no the right attitude is thank you lord for having brought me through this day for bringing me through it for helping me to do whatever good i have done for bearing with me in my shortcomings at the end of the day that is the attitude that jesus expects from all of us so the parable invites us then to allow something of god's ways to shape our ways and our attitudes so that we too begin to relate to others not on the basis of what they deserve but out of the generosity of our hearts we've often heard that god's ways are not our ways and the parable today teaches us that fact god's love and generosity are often beyond our understanding we acknowledge all god has done for us and we ask for the grace to grow into god's likeness during our lives so we now pray the creed and we profess our faith and we ask those who are joining us from home to pray with us i believe in one god the father the almighty maker of heaven and earth of all things visible and invisible i believe in one lord jesus christ the only begotten son of god born of the father before all ages god from god light from light true god from true god begotten not made consubstantial with the father and through him all things were made for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven and by the holy spirit was incarnate of the virgin mary and became man for our sake he was crucified under pontius pilate he suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the father he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end i believe in the holy spirit the lord the giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son who with the father and the son is adored and glorified who has spoken through the prophets i believe in one holy catholic and apostolic church i confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sin and i look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come with confidence now in the unlimited generosity of our loving father let us now bring our prayers to him we pray that all men and women recognize that we have a loving god who will treat us generously no matter how late in our lives we come to him lord hear us lord gracious hear us we pray for the unemployed and those seeking work that they may not be dispirited by their plight that the lord bless their efforts to provide for their own needs and the needs of their loved ones lord hear us lord gracious hear us we pray for all those who work on the land to provide us with food and drink we pray that all farms be places of safety for the workers the families and children who live there lord hear us lord gracious hear us as the covid-19 outbreak reaches crisis point throughout the world we pray to our, our all powerful father to help humanity overcome this deadly pandemic lord hear us lord gracious hear us 
Lord, we thank you for our health and pray for those who are ill in the hospital or at home. We pray particularly for those who throughout the world who are suffering from the coronavirus and for the frontline workers who are endangering their own lives to bring them recovery. Lord, hear us. Lord, please hear us. We pray for all who died. Lord, grant them eternal rest and peace. Lord, hear us. Lord, please hear us. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your last, everlasting love and generosity. We make our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Pray now, my friends, that my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Lord, receive with favor the offerings of your people, that what they profess with devotion and faith may be, their, may be theirs through these heavenly mysteries, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness you formed it anew. And so it is right that all your creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, and all your saints with one heart bless you. Therefore we too extol you with all the angels as in so joyful celebration we now acclaim. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness, Make holy therefore these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for all of us the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when the supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of all our sin. Do this in memory of me. So now we proclaim the mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and the blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church and your people throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Brendan, our Bishop, all the clergy, religious, and all who serve your people. Remember our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. And we pray for all those whose anniversaries occur at this time. Welcome them now into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Apostles, Saint Ita, and all who pleased you throughout the ages, that we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and that we may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, Amen. All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Savior's command and formed by his divine teaching, we now have the faith and the courage to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from all evil graciously grant peace in our day that by the help of your love and mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour Jesus Christ. And so Lord Jesus who said to your apostles peace I leave you my peace I give you look not on our sin but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will who live and reign forever and ever. And the peace of the Lord be with you all us. Well, we can't shake hands in these circumstances, but it might be nice to give a little wave to each other to say peace be with you today. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace.
Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those called now to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. And may the body and the blood of Christ keep us all safe now for eternal life. So now we come to Holy Communion. So for those here in the church, if you'd like to come forward, forward in following the instructions of the stewards and just communion distributed in your hands. So we'd like you to stretch your hand out as straight as possible. We try to avoid contact with hands. And then once you receive, return to your seats in the usual way.
For those joining us from home, we have our act of spiritual communion. By Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. And we have a prayer for protection from the coronavirus. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, our refuge and our hope, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. During this day of coronavirus, we seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, but deliver us from all danger and illness, O glorious and blessed Virgin Mary. Our Lady of Knock, pray for us. Amen. So just some brief announcements here for the parish here in Abbey Field. We will be beginning our uh, returning to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament just one morning a week here, beginning on Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock in the main church here from 9 to 10, and then we have Mass at 10 o'clock. So that's on Tuesday morning's adoration. So our Mass times now, uh, again today at 12 o'clock, tomorrow Monday evening at 7 p.m., and then Tuesday to Friday at 10 o'clock. And then next Saturday we return to our 11 o'clock Mass as normal, now that all the celebrations of our First Communion Masses have concluded yesterday with the girls' school. And we'd like to congratulate all the little girls who came so prayerfully and so beautifully yesterday, and some of them here again this morning with us. Lovely to see them. And we congratulate all the boys and girls around West Limerick who may be joining us on the radio, whose families and themselves have celebrated First Communion in these past few weeks. Thank God we have managed to get that done at least. So finally, just to say that Father Shoji will be leaving Abbeyfield Parish now uh, on Thursday, so we want to wish him every success, every blessing in his mission as chaplain at the Regional Hospital, at the University Hospital in Nimerick. So we will have a friend in there whenever we go in. Indeed, as we say, joining the frontline workers now. So we want to pray God's blessing on him, and we want to thank him for all that he has given us here during his short period with us here in Abbeyfield Parish. And just once again, I suppose it's very important that we do remind ourselves of the serious risks that exist out there in the community at the moment. And we all have to take personal responsibility for what we do to help prevent the spread of the virus. So we need to be conscious of that at all times. So the final prayer of our Mass. Let us pray. 
Graciously raise up, O Lord, those you renew with this sacrament, that we may come to possess your redemption, both in mystery and in the manner of our life, through Christ our Lord. Amen. So after Mass here now, we'd like the congregation to remain on just for a few moments. So the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. Longing for light, we wait in darkness. Longing for truth, we turn to you. Make us your own, your holy people, light for the world to see. Christ be our light, shine in our hearts, shine through the darkness. Christ be our light, shine in your church, gathered So our thanks again to Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield Parish for facilitating us in listening to Mass this morning. And also thanks to West Limit 102 FM, and especially Jason Smith for connecting us to Abbeyfield today. So if listeners would like to contact us with a comment, you can text us on 87 That's 87 you can email us, and that's on commonseeinspirations at gmail.com. Our regular Sacred Space programme continues tonight at 11pm. And tonight we're joined by a sister, Helen Coolhan, who tells us about the Children's Grief Centre she set up in Lubbock, and also shares her thoughts on bereavement in these COVID times. So now I'm going to play part of that interview with Sister Helen. I suppose one of the things that struck us recently uh, uh, when we were just talking about things in in COVID uh, is the whole way that we are dealing with grief as a community and and as a society. And I suppose when I was overseas, one of the things that people would say to me is, well, you'd go to Greece for the wedding and Ireland for the funerals. And it was kind of something that was part of who and what we are in terms of our, our, our respect and our our assistance with dead and dying. And I suppose in the last couple of months, that's all been very much thrown up into the air. But I suppose before we get into that, I suppose it's kind of way, what, you know, what, what's your own thought about it and, and what COVID has, has meant in terms of how we how we understand and deal with grief? I suppose, Shane, I find it heartbreaking to be quite, to be totally honest, uh, because, yes, it, as you described there, as a society, we were absolutely superb in supporting our our grieving and bereaved people, and we all know and for like we we have all been bereaved. And what what normally helps when you see your friend coming in or a loved one or getting a hug, uh, someone um, shaking hands with you, telling you how sorry that they were, and all of this is so important in the grieving process. And I just find it horrific now that. We, we, we can't do that, like we can't mm. go to funerals. And I've thought a lot about it because I suppose, especially because of the work that I'm in. So for me, what I think we have to do now is we have to look at new ways of supporting our bereaved families. And 
even in, I live in Balnacorra here in Limerick City, and some weeks ago a neighbour of ours died, and I was really touched by all the neighbours came out and we stood, and uh, and the family asked that we would sing a hymn, and uh, it I, I remember I thought I remember standing there thinking to myself I never thought I'd see this day, but the other part of me said well we have to look at other ways now so that's one way which i think is very important and and going back then maybe to the the old way of writing to families who have been bereaved letting them know that we are there we are thinking about them we care about them because that's so important uh, so we have to look at other ways of supporting our and i suppose our service here then we, we say because we focus on children that the children can come in and talk to us about their loved ones that have died and this might sound a bit sentimental but I think it's very important I always say to children and to adults as well that you know those we love that you know our hearts might appear to be very small when we look at some maybe look look at a heart drawn out but I think our hearts are enormous like we can carry those we love in our hearts and no one can take that from us but I'm going back to what you're asking me like we have to look at new ways mm. of supporting our um, our bereaved families. One thing that struck me about it, I suppose, in, in when I when I was thinking about it like yourself just just before the interview and things like that, one of the things that struck me about it is there was almost three ways that we've had to deal with grief in the last couple of months. Because first of all, we've had the families where people have died from the the virus itself. And I don't know about you, but if you remember that um, primetime documentary that was done on St. James's, and I said you you would have to have the heart of a stone watching it not to feel for the families that were involved. And and the fact that, you know, you had people that because of the disease in many ways, in some ways, they were almost dying on their own. And to me, it it brought back um, images, particularly from the early 1980s and particularly the early onset of the um, the AIDS crisis. And where people were were almost shunned because of the illnesses that they had, so, so mm-hmm. that was that was one thing that struck me about it was the fact that and people dying alone, and I think that hurts that hurts a lot of people. I think it hurts a lot of Irish people yeah. because we're very conscious of that whole thing of not letting a person go alone; that there mm-hmm. there's someone with them, uh, no matter what. Then the second thing that struck me was about, as you said already, you have families that in the normal course of life where we have bereavements at the moment and we're circumscribed in terms of the usual as you said processes and ways that we can support families and the interesting ways that families or the communities have rallied around and like you said in particular that they're coming out onto the street doors uh writing to one i what i stru- what was struck me about it was the the people leaving messages on the the likes of rip.ie yeah was yeah. you know and then the third thing the third group that struck me about it was the fact that we as a community and as a country we have lost opportunities if you like and the mm. gr- the grief and the sorrow that can arise from that and in particular i suppose given all, everything that's going on at the moment for the leaving cert students I was thinking of, you know, if you're if you're starting school or fin- starting secondary school or finishing secondary school, you know, the things that the, the, the things that you would do to mark the passage of time. And for us, I suppose, as a community, I suppose we need to be aware of that and the different types of grief that people are going to go through. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100 percent. And I had, I suppose, the privilege of working in Milford Hospice for nine years and I worked there with the dying. That was a lot of my work and the bereaved 
and I learned so much from the dying, uh, I can assure you. But and I saw the value. I saw the value, like the value of your family members coming in, sitting by, sitting by their loved ones, and the dying also needed an opportunity. Sometimes it was to ask for forgiveness. Sometimes it was to tell their grown-up children how much they loved them, tell their grandchildren. So what you're saying there, and I think I'm, I'm saying the same thing. Like all of that now is like it's so hard to understand this and uh, like what's happening when this is not happening mm. yes actually that's a good way of putting it what how yeah. do we how do, how do how do we do it i suppose it calls us to take i suppose maybe a leap of imagination yeah yeah okay yeah i think we like we have you see like in the beginning i found myself really angry and angry because having the experience of being with the dying and knowing like i you sit there and think knowing what their isolation and mm. just being really angry about it mm-hmm. and then i decided one day helen okay fine being angry for a bit but you have to move on now and look at what can you do so i'm very conscious and recently someone uh, I, I had been on a board of management with a beautiful man died suddenly and I remember going on what you said there and writing in. I never thought I'd be writing in on a computer. But yes, reading all the lovely messages about the particular gentleman that died um, and all of us that put him in from all different areas of his life. um, I thought, yes, his family will see this now. And that's important. Definitely. I think communication, I suppose, is is one of the key things, because um, what I suppose, like you said there, one of the th- one of the things that we very much associate with funerals, of course, is the you know going to the funeral home or going to the par- going mm-hmm. to the house and shaking hands with the deceased. Now I know myself for many years I was kind of going, my God, why would you do this? But it's only when you're at the other side of it and you're receiving yeah. it that you appreciate how much it can actually mean that your neighbours or that your friends have come to be with you in that particular moment in time. And to be able, and that they are walking with you for that bit of that journey, uh, and I yes. suppose it's it's something that we have to remind ourselves that it is important. Oh, it's vital because I can remember like my dad died when I was thirty-two, and I can remember a friend of mine uh, that I'd worked with many years previously had moved, was married up in Sligo, and I will never forget. And he died in nineteen ninety-one, so that's a long time ago. And but I can still remember to this day seeing her face coming into the funeral parlor and the support that that was and the realization of like the sacrifice she made like she drove like over three hours down and went back the same night but it never left me Mm. and um so like we know how important and i just pray that um we get back to those times again but we have to work then on other ways that we already have mentioned Like you, like your story there. Um, when watching and listening to the stories, for me, I think one of the things was that it was you were you were, you you said it was it was anger in one le- in one sense um, that people were almost like dying on their own and like that story. For me, I actually think it was immense sadness, mm. and particularly for older people, and particularly for older people who I, I I'm think I was thinking particularly actually of my own grandmother and the whole thing of a good death, that you know that mm. whole belief. In and and being being able to accompany a person uh, for for a good death and that I think for me it was just the sadness of it and the the pain of that for for many involved. If you were to say something to a community this morning, Sister Helen, just in terms of um, 
they are our, our accompaniment through this period of change and transition and trying to understand it. Kind of, you know, I suppose there's people, they're tired at the moment with the whole COVID restrictions and rules and regulations and everything that's going on. It's been a tough uh, six, eight months for, for us as a community. Um, but in terms of kind of just as a, for each of us who haven't necessarily had bereavement per se, but we've had that experience of loss. Um, mm. What kind of what, what would strike you about it this morning? Uh, yes, because I know myself when I had closed down the Children's Grief Centre here in Limerick in March, like I was heartbroken. I can I, I can empathise. We all can empathise. And because I was thinking of all the children that we couldn't see. But as I have reflected over the last few months, I, I believe, you know, I suppose as Christian people, we have to be people of hope. And, you know, I was out walking before uh, uh, this morning before our chat and I was, you know, thinking and praying about, you know, what would I say during the interview? And what came to me, and I, you know, believe that, you know, it's the Holy Spirit was talking to me. Uh, what came to me was that, you know, Christ died on the cross and it was not a pretty sight. Mm. Good Friday was not a pretty sight. And every Good Friday when we celebrate Easter. But then what happens? We come to Easter Sunday and there is that rejoicing and hope and you know, I believe, you know, our life is for living and it's so important. We're all needed, regardless of age, we're all needed in some area of life, uh, whether it's at home minding the children, whether it's the grandparents, whether it's out teaching in the school, whether it's driving the bus, we're all needed and we're all needed to give hope to each other. And I, I just feel that's so important that uh, to find ways then, and I know for myself that, um, I don't know whether this would help people, but I even find getting out now in nature and just looking at, you know, the trees and the, the flowers who are still blooming and uh, just getting out there for a half an hour a day. And something that I started back on that has helped me and people will laugh now because I'm, I'm now 63, but about five years ago, I bought a bike and, and I hope you won't have a good laugh. I bought a racer and I bought the racer because it was very light. And I started like I was as a teenager, I cycled to school. But even last Sunday now, I just got up on the bike and I went for, uh, uh, like people left for about 20 kilometres. I cycled out to beautiful Mungris and uh, I went in to visit the graveyard there. A few people that I had known are, are buried there. And just, and even when I came back, I was so glad that whereas maybe prior to last year, I would be maybe sitting in of a Sunday and just reading the paper all day. And I do think that finding those ways of, you know, keeping the mind healthy and the body and um, sharing with friends. And also, I think keeping up that hope that, you know, that Easter Sunday, you know, that Easter Sunday, that resurrection. And OK, we're, I don't fully understand this. And I, I do reflect like in many ways, like all the things we thought that were important in life are being taken from us. And I was one. I was going out to the Crescent doing my shopping in Tesco and I'd meet loads of people and I'd be there all evening talking. And I went out last Friday evening to do my grocery shopping and seeing everyone with a mask and no one talking to each other and people all looking nearly scared of each other. And um, and I just thought, like, how our world has changed. But I have a choice now. I have a choice that, you know, to look at that I'm alive. There's hope. We're all needed. Um, the re resurrection will come. Uh, it was the things that I like 
Oh, yes. I found myself thinking last Friday evening when I was coming back, like last Christmas and Stephen's Day. And I feel, a bit, I won't say guilty now, but I wanted, I saw this dress and I'm not a dress person really, but I needed to get a dress. And down I went to Brown Thomas's and St. Stephen's Day and I got a dress as a great bargain. But I can remember feeling really bad when I went in St. Stephen's Day because I looked around and there was all these young women working on St. Stephen's Day. And when, so I'm linking now, I hope I'm not waffling, I'm linking this now when I went down to the Crescent the other evening. It was very quiet. There was only a handful of people there. The shops were closed and earlier. So we're being called maybe to some kind of quieter way of life, mm-hmm. uh, more balanced. That I did. Helen, you don't need to be going St. Stephen's Day in buying a dress. I, I hope now I haven't waffled on. Not at all. I, we get, I think we're, we're getting the point that you're making, I suppose, that COVID is calling us to very much kind of reconsider how we've approached things, maybe. And that maybe that... Within the whole madness of this time, there's opportunities if we can only uh, make the space, I suppose, to see them. Sister uh, Sister Helen, one of the things you had said to us when we were coming on the programme is that you had a reflection from uh, that you'd like to share with us. So would you like to tell us about it and then, and to, and then to recite it for us? I would indeed. Uh, I used to love reading um, different reflections by the late Cardinal Basil Hume. And he wrote a lot on that. And following my own dad's death in 1991, and I found it very difficult and I didn't understand this and was in great pain. And I came across this uh, in the furrow, I think, at the time. So I read it. It's called, it was a piece written by Basil Hume. So my prayer is that he'll bring hope and consolation to people who are grieving. Grief cannot be shared for it is mine alone. Grief is a dying within me, a great emptiness, a frightening void. It is loneliness, a sickening sorrow at night, an awakening, a a terrible dread. Another's words do not help. A reasoned argument explains little for having tried too much. Silence is the best response to another's grief, not the silence that is a pause in speech awkward and unwanted, but one that unites heart to heart. Love speaking in silence is the way into the void of another's grief. The best of all loves come silently and slowly too, to soften the pain of grief and begin to dispel the sadness. It is the love of God, warm and true, which will touch the grieving heart and heal it. He looks at the grieving person and has pity. For grief is a great pain. He came among us to learn about grief, and much else too, this man of sorrows. He knows, he understands. Grief will yield to peace in time. Sister Helen, thank you so much for that reflection from the late Cardinal Basil Hume. Just to finish out this part of the programme, we're going to have a piece of music now, and it's uh, sung by James Kilban. And it's a piece very much associated, I suppose, with the theme and kind of also links in with uh, that idea of resurrection, which Sister Helen reflected on. And it's called Going Home. Many times in my childhood when we traveled so far By nightfall, how weary 
might grow Father's arms would slip round me So gently he'd say My child, we're going home Go So again, we've come to the end of our time together this morning. Thank you for listening. Join us again for our usual Sacred Space programme at 11pm tonight here on West Limit 102. Again, if you want to contact us, our text number here in the programme 87 or email commentsinspirations at gmail.com. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for listening. Enjoy the week. God bless now.